Hello, everyone. Welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Dave Clay. And? Oh, who are you? You just did you just happen to walk in to show up? Oh, I remember you now. All podcast listeners, remember there used to be a person on the podcast by the name of Carolyn Barnett. It's me, I'm back. But she disappeared. I thought that you were like MIA or they've got a missing persons kind of thing. How do I do? Now I'm now you have me like I, I, now I'm caught off guard for, and I'm never speechless. I love I, it when we could get somebody to the place of being I, speechless. I was going to say I'm rarely speechless, and I'm rarely caught off guard because I, I usually, um, I know that I have to be like on, you know, when I'm doing this podcast with you, so I have to like hyper focus. So for me to feel like I can't focus, and I'm trying to think for a moment. Um, yes, I believe that. I was not present, and I think I had to question myself because I wasn't feeling well last week, and I literally had to think, did was I sick? Like, what was happening? But um, I think that my husband had his eye surgery. He did. Okay. <laughs> I am not That's, crazy. Well, okay. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will kind of uh, frame this. Yeah, please. As in a whirlwind <laughs> of fire, Carolyn, you passed on the mantle, <laughs> yeah. and then God just took you up into heaven. That's, yeah. that's how I would prefer to envision yeah. it, even though you may have now come back. <clears throat> we know, though, the whirlwind was with purpose and intention. So, with that thought in mind, though, let's jump right into it. Ephesians 2. For by grace, grace, are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Carolyn, we're not going to hold you to your works. That's a good thing. That's right, especially since you're not here. But by grace are you saved, or are you saved? Uh, I'm not trying to lessen the significance, importance of the passage. (laughs) Most of our podcast listeners by now know us well enough to know that at some point it's going to be pretty heavy. So let's take advantage of the brevity right now. Is that what they call it? Not brevity, but the lightness of it. There's another word, brevity short, but the lightness. It Mm -hmm. won't be short either. Mm -hmm. It'll be long. But what do you take from that passage Wow, okay. <laughs> well, and um, I, I, I'm sure you've heard it, read oh, yeah. it, studied it, okay, so sermons did you, on um, it. Did you start on verse 8? Yeah. Okay. By grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves, so that nobody can boast. And then we're created in Christ Jesus to do these good works. There's a lot in these two verses. A There's lot. a lot in the whole epistle right. of Ephesians. Right, and so we know that Paul was writing to the church at Ephesus. He's talking to believers. He's encouraging them, and he's sort of reminding them earlier in that chapter about God's love for us and you know how he um, gave us salvation through the, through the death of his son, Jesus. And then he goes on to sort of put the, uh, it's not very pretty, I was going to say put the nail in the coffin, (laughs) but the final uh, point here about 
It's by grace. You've been saved through faith. It's like, I want you to get this. So I think it helps us to be clear so that we can clearly know and then articulate to others how this has happened. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that nobody can boast. I mean, he's being very clear here. You didn't do anything. This is a gift from God. And then as to not, you know, keep us, uh, you know, sort of beat down, you know, you didn't do this, you know, uh, you're God's handiwork created to do these good works. So it's not that you just, that God came in and, and, you know, did this and you're just left with it or whatever. You're created to do a job, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So in these two verses, they sort of, you know, wrap up how they got to where they are and then where they're going. So, so how did they get to where they are? Mm-hmm. I, I'm so far, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you've said it very, very well, not saying that I would judge it, but I am with you on all of that. Well, not no. How did they get to where they are? Right. Well, in the very beginning of the chapter, he talked about where they were. And he said, you know, you were dead. You used to live this way or you did this. And all of us did this. You know, in verse 3, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying our cravings of the flesh. So he's showing them, you were in this life and now you are not. And and the transition is verse 4. But, but, right there, he starts off, but you did all this. That's where you lived. But because of his great love, talking about God, and he says, God, who rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. Of course, then, you know, he repeats it down again in verse 8. So, so why do some people get it and some people don't? Why do some people receive it? Some people don't. Why do some people do it? Because doing faith without works is dead. James. Mm-hmm. But why do some people do it and some people don't? And then what happens if somebody doesn't do it? Is That's it the does, are they, does, <laughs> like showing up, not showing up for the podcast? Is it just by grace? Oh, well, that's okay, Carolyn. You just show up whenever you want to. We'll take care of everything else on this side. All you have to do is. I'm being over. I'm doing a good job being over. Yeah. Really dramatic. Yeah. You're just being yourself. (laughs) It's true. All you have to do is show up and bless us with your presence. If it was only that, that would be nice. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) I.e. today, me not knowing what scripture we're going over. Uh, That's the eternal question. I mean, honestly, if I could just read this to people, and I have in my family that don't believe in God, and they think you just die. And I think she said you just go in the dirt. That's mm. how she described mm. it. If I could just read that and say, here it is. He died for you. This is, you know, this yeah. is where you were. This is where you can be. But she doesn't value that, Carolyn. Right. Or that. Per- Did they, you say she? Yes. Yes. And and they don't put that value in. So why would they believe it? And why would they invest in something they don't believe in? And why would they be willing to go there? So somebody has to at least tell you what the work is. They, you know, you you, you have to at least know what it is you're aspiring to. You have to at least have you know what you're here for. I guess. Um, 
what we need you to do or what is the need? I mean, because I don't think it's bad to say it's a need, right? Well, people don't want to believe it's that simple. There's you know, a it's just to believe like a child. You know, children don't see yeah, but, strings attached. But you know parents what I mean? tell children what to do. True. And, but, however, this is not Paul telling them necessarily what to do. I think he's explaining it. And if I was telling, you know, my relative this and, and reading this to her, it's, it's still not even me telling her what to do. It's saying this is what's been done. And do you believe it? Well, if you get the Ephesians 5 and 6, mm-hmm. which we're not going to because it's just <laughs> Mm -hmm. on the podcast, but as with a reference, he tells them, already begins to tell them what to do. He talks about marriage, he talks about parenting, he gives them Mm -hmm. instructions on how they should Mm -hmm. act, how they should behave, so it is not without some measure, and even him saying that, and kind of calling him... They went there though, but they invested by that time... You, but why would he have to say it? Mm-hmm. If it was just organically, naturally there, you just have to show up. Nobody has to call your awareness any of this. You just have to be you, Carolyn. Just be you. And really, there is no need for a God. There's no need for all, any of this morality. We'll just show up and it'll all work out. That's a really nice story. <laughs> That's a nice fairy tale, but that's not reality. That's why he has to go over those things with him. That's why I mean, the Ten Commandments. I mean, that's we have to have some sort of direction. And you know, when we when we're willing to go there, we're willing to believe it, and we're going to say, "Okay, um, I accept this gift." You know, and maybe they don't even totally understand it. I'm sure my relative doesn't totally understand what no. all's involved. And we'll have to go to Ephesians 5 and 6 and read about well, it. Well, Ephesians 2, because he's already, as you pointed out already earlier, prior to this passage, this particular mm-hmm. verse, he's already calling them out on what they were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that a judgment? Oh. Is it appraisal of some sorts? Is it for condemnation purposes? What, why does Paul, and I understand the message, and hopefully by the time the podcast's over, we'll establish, establish, I can never get that word out, we'll establish a better or the best, let's put it that way, that we're able to establish foundation for why Paul said it the way he said it. But I think people do this. They take a verse, they take it out of context, and then they don't think anymore about it. It's all transactional in that way, too. It's just, well, just, oh, thank you. You gave me the answer today. And they're not really going to understand or ask even all these additional contextual Mm -hmm. sort of questions. understand it completely. And read the whole Bible. I'm not going to say the whole epistle, the whole book. Read the Bible so they would appreciate. The Old Testament is is really just that. God telling them what they needed to be, what they were, what he was, how to have a great relationship. And then the New Testament is some permission to do it. And you could say, well, that's inverted, right? It should just be. And I think that's really where this, what this comes back to. So a lot of people say, oh, no. You should just get them on board. If they already look at you and they think you're great. Mm-hmm. It's like infatuation. They already look at you and they think you're great. Then don't burn them out. Don't overwhelm them. But you still have to help them understand, well, if you think I'm great, God, 
Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. me and you. Or maybe yeah. even the Apostle Paul. Mm-hmm. I want to be just like, I want to be like you. Mm-hmm. Remember that song? And the Jungle Book. Oh, yeah. Mowgli, yeah. the yeah, bear. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it, or the monkey or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was a monkey sing about Mowgli. The, the point is, though, if they're already there, right. Mm-hmm. Infatuation does a lot. And, and if you can see an act of kindness, you can see generosity, you can see love, you can see somebody laying down their life for somebody else, then that says a bunch. And if I then look at that and say, well, you know, I so, I, you know, it just, you've moved me. And literally, I'm not trying to be anything but very respectful of the motive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thank you so much. When I needed you the most, you were there. You actually saved my life. Fantastic. But you still have to learn how to save other people's lives mm-hmm. if you're the one that's been saved. You can't right. just show up or can't just be about you. It has to be about what that is purposed for. Not only for others, it comes back to you, but it doesn't come back to you first. And that's why I meant inverted. If we started with the gospel of Jesus Christ... And then we could understand, oh, well, I want to be like you. And then that that motive is not making somebody behave or do something works. It's actually tapping into a genuine, heartfelt desire. But it can't be that way. It would be nice, but it can't be that way unless there was somebody who was crucified. The Hebrew people didn't want to go to the cross. God gave them this so they could give it to the world. And show the world what it was to be godlike mm-hmm. in Old Testament context. And knowing full well that those that didn't know, those that are lost, they're not going to value that. At least right. not initially. And maybe they'll yeah. come to a point of value. But when it comes to them having to do it, mm-hmm. it's going to be a struggle. And whether that is a good thing, a bad thing, whether that's a spiritual thing, I don't, maybe that's all just human dimension. You know, we get into that because it's counseling. You know, I, I can tell you what I want you to be, but mm-hmm. you right. got to value. Well, you said that word value when you said it. That's when the, the bell started going off because I was trying to look for the word in that, knowing that without seeing the value in that. And so I think that's why he starts off the beginning of this chapter that way. Because he wants them to see what exactly it was that they were saved from and what what did that look like. What was that that you were? And I really believe, I just firm I mean, I this is I think key to understanding your relationship with God is what exactly did he save you from? And like really look at that. It's a pretty story, and it's Easter, you know, Jesus on the cross, and he died. Yes, I accept. Even even in our scripture, you know, the gift of grace. Yes, I accept your gift. But what exactly had to happen for you to have that gift? You know, what what is all that? I think it's important we really look at that. Well, you can't just receive it and then show up. And you can't even then, if you're going to dare, go any further and preach to somebody else about what needs to be done, and then you don't do it. Right. And it takes that tangible, literal sort of proof. Mm-hmm. It's empirical in that sense that it's got to be processed through the human sens- sensorium in order for us to see it, touch it, taste it, feel it. And then we have to th- really think about it. And the value really could come back to literally, you know, I'm dying here. And if you give me things to eat, if you help me out, mm-hmm. If you save me from the 
ditch that I've fallen in, the Good myself. Samaritan. Yeah. If you've gotten me out of the gutter, mm-hmm. if you've given me uh, naloxone when I'm overdosed, <laughs> you know, it should. But people, they don't always, even then, really value it. Right. And, and when you come to the place of saying, you've got to do this, mm-hmm. that's when you lose them. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the church at Ephesus wasn't ready for that sermon. Mm-hmm. Although Paul was beginning to do it, they were still enamored with the message of Christ. And probably the fact that all of a sudden a Pharisee among Pharisees come along saying, you are good enough. Mm-hmm. You can do this thing. God loves you. The message is not that we're so better than you that we can only throw occasionally sort of good mercies towards you or be benevolent occasionally. We've received the the understanding, the revelation, so that we can then help you in your time of need so that you can go help somebody else. Um, Well, he's bringing unity to the people because further down the chapter... Um, Paul talks about, you know, God's purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And then he goes on down to verse 19. Consequently, you're no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, you know, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Jesus Christ. But he's bringing, he's showing them like it's no longer us and them. It's, it's we. And so that's key, too. But it wasn't we when you weren't here last week. It was me. And I, I'm not, and I appreciate you. This is true. But, I, but I'm not giving you a hard time. A, there, but this is just how, pe- this is how people yeah. think. Yeah, Where yeah. were you yeah. when I right. had to clean this up? Right. Where were right. you yeah. when I did this? Where were you? And some genuinely so weren't there. Yeah. They, they really did right. not seem to but they're care. they're not looking at the bigger picture. So I could then, not that it's right. I could then say to you, Carolyn, you really aren't motivated. You've not sold out. You've not tried hard enough. Where's your motive? Can't you see that we need you? You need to be. And I could hit the guilt thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe Don't you'll listen. No, I could do the condemnation. <laughs> I could do the. You're too wise for that. I could do the condemnation thing. I could try to manipulate your feelings, all that stuff. And some people do that, and then even mm-hmm. so, not that it would be wisdom, but the people that's being done to, if they're wise enough, they know that, well, who are you to say this to me? And then you start to get that enmity, right. like you talk about unity of the people, right, right. you get that division. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you're a Hebrew, no, no wonder you're saying this to me because I'm a Gentile. Mm-hmm. And you're in control, and you can tell me what to do because you have all the resources. And you're not going to give me any of those resources except that I would then bow a knee to you. It's the devil. Mm -hmm. But even in good intention or good thought on the part of the victim, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. perpetrator. Now, Mm -hmm. there's no good in any of this from a perpetrator standpoint. But they may say, well, you know, I'm just really not good enough. And there's no reason trying. I'm always going to fail. I'm never going to. That doesn't work. Right. Right. Because both of those really not only creates enmity or division, Mm -hmm. but that's not saving anybody. Mm -hmm. What you're doing is you you think you're saving yourself. But really, in the end, you're just being a hypocrite. And you're going to be lazy. And then you're going to go out and get slaves. And then you're going to have them do all the work for you. And maybe you'll pay them some money. But really, they're not equal to you. They're really... That they're not holy enough. They're not clean enough. Didn't God come to you first, Carolyn, and give you the idea 
Weren't you the mastermind of it all? Didn't you not put it all together? I'm just along for the ride, Carolyn. Mm -hmm. And then you don't show up <laughs> at the last podcast. It's absurd. And, it, and I'm, I'm doing it in the fashion of doing it just to point out the absurdity of the thought. But it's not absurd because we know this is how the world works. Right. This is mammon. Yeah. This is the transactional. And the Apostle Paul learned the hard way. Mm -hmm. What this was about, and you could say, well, he was just like really smart and tricky, and he was just, no, he was understanding that God gave the Hebrew people himself included this because there needed to be a standard right? so that, that in a material sort of way, there could be some awareness of what we're called to, and with that, if you did what you were supposed to do with the resources God gave you, not just be benevolent, but really help others, mm -hmm then you're going to be doing the sacrificial thing that was really going to get their heart because they really need it. Because sometimes people are starving to death. Right. Sometimes people are dying in the gutter. Right. Sometimes people are needing their wounds bound mm -hmm. and a place to stay while they heal. Right. And the <laughs> Levi passes by, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the Pharisee. I can't yeah. remember all of that. The Hebrew person. It's the Samaritan. Mm -hmm. It's the Samaritan. That decides to stop and give what resource he has because probably he knows what that's like. Mm -hmm. But I think Paul's talking about that. He's not saying don't do the work of the ministry. He's just saying, Ephesians, you're in a place right now where we're helping you and you're really thankful and we don't want to discourage you. We don't want to go back and pull all this other stuff up. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the history of the enmity that's been there. We just want you to understand, though, it's time for you to grow up now. You received, you were given to, now it's time for you to freely give. But both sides of that are important. Mm -hmm. But you can't just put a yoke on people. You have to give them a reason. But that's relevance then, right? It's relatability. They know now what it's like to be saved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they know what it's like to finally have somebody appreciate them and to validate them and to tell them they're not trash, they're, they're never going to get better. There's way too much of that going on in the world today. People are doing the same thing today that they did in Jesus' time or immediate to Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Absolutely. And I, as I was looking through Ephesus while I was listening to you, I see him encourage them. He lays out the foundation first, and then he goes into he goes back to his little backstory a little bit, you know, saying I I was this. But then that's when he just starts exhorting them and starts telling them and, and giving them all the instructions. And even in to chapter five, where he talks about you know telling them just follow <laughs> verse one, follow God's example as dearly loved children. Walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a favorite offering and sacrifice. So he's going through all the things, all the instructions, and even later on he gets more specific and, you know, husbands and wives. But he's, he's reminding them, I know where you're coming from. Like, I was there. <laughs> and he, he gives a little bit of his backstory. But he is not you know, ignorant to what they're thinking. And so he goes down that road with them. And he's like, I know, you're, you know, this is what you might be thinking. 
but that's when he starts exhorting. Of course, then you know he finishes with the great section on the armor of God, which yes. we all know. Yes. But yes. Um, he's just amazing at that, at yes. exhorting people and showing them but, not just what they what they were or where they are, but, but what they can be. Because just as you, mm-hmm. he has great wisdom. Just oh. as you. He has received the Holy Spirit just as you. All of this is coming out of the Holy Spirit. But what then is the Holy Spirit? Certainly as I'm acknowledging, uh, pointing out, the wellspring of all wisdom. Right. It's not intellect. And up to this point, we made a really good intellectual argument for the Old Testament and why people who do understand, who've received Jesus Christ, can't be derelict in their responsibility to go to the cross and to go through the sacrificial acts. Not in a bad way. It's not punishment. It's the gift of God unto you that you're now sharing with other people. And he could inspire them, if that's the word, with guilt. That's not what I want to do. And it's not what Paul wants to do because that's a trap too. And we all know that trap. What I want to say though is rather than throwing out the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and and the revelation that that brings, even if it is only in human sort of dimension, Mm -hmm. but if we really get the New Testament inverted, it'd be nice if we could just start with the New Testament. Mm -hmm. The Gentiles did. (laughs) Somebody somewhere had to be told what God was. But the Gentiles is getting the, the fortune, the blessing of the Hebrew people already knowing and contextually, they just have to admire it. They have to find some at least infatuation with it. And we said, well, how did that start? Because the Hebrew people, at least one of them, the Apostle Paul, uh, Jesus, was being nice to them. Mm-hmm. He was helping them out. Right. Paul was. The disciples of mm-hmm. Jesus took that mantle, as in a whirlwind of fire, passed it on, Elijah to Elisha, took on that mantle. But I'm going to go to the predestination (laughs) part, which unfortunately, excuse me, a lot of people use as evidence that, well, that's just the whole point. Gentiles really don't get this. There's only those folks who are really called to this that get this. But, you know, if you think that way, then all this stuff Paul is saying to the Ephesians is trickery. Because mm-hmm. then he's just trying to manipulate them. Because right. right. really, in deep down inside, he knows they're really never going to be good enough. Right. And this is just a way to keep them in line and control them God. and mm-hmm. you know manage them. And then Jesus is just all transactional mm-hmm. and it's all political right. and it's all right. for profiteering. And yep. in the end, we're going to, behind your back, somehow mm-hmm. in hypocritical terms, yeah. we're, we're going <laughs> to... That's what they were doing. The Pharisees... The ruling class, the Sadducees of the time of Jesus, that's what they were doing. They were profiteering. They were living in these great houses and they were uh, insider trading and they, they, were, they were conniving. They wouldn't tell you the truth. And if you demanded the truth, they say it's confidential. And if you find out the truth, it's going to jeopardize the security. You no, know, it's just going to jeopardize their security. It's going to liberate all of us. Right. It's just going to jeopardize your house of cards, your Ponzi scheme that you're running. I'm going to go to this foundational stuff of predestination. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him 
in love, you highlighted that, Carolyn, a moment ago, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved, those who otherwise are practicing love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness and, and the love as in Christ Jesus, Old Testament and New Testament. The sword of the Spirit is two-edged. Mm-hmm. Gotta right. do both. Right. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, Holy Spirit stuff, mm-hmm. having made known unto us the mystery of his will, mm-hmm. He revealed it in Old Testament, but this is something a little deeper, Mm -hmm. a little more embedded, something that is not just transactional, something that is not carnal, something that is otherwise spiritual, according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Mm-hmm. That was a mouthful. Mm-hmm. I think I understood it. I appreciated the depths of it. Mm-hmm. I know Paul had very little he could reference to it. I know he was writing to people who very little, had very little experience in, in, in really enjoying it. They had not had generations of word given to them through the Holy Spirit. They didn't have books. They didn't have chronicles. They didn't have all of the Old Testament, whether it was written or more oral tradition. They didn't have Mosaic law. So he's trying to explain that in some terms that they understood. But still... It's hard to get your head wrapped around that, particularly when you're talking about foundations and predestined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because of brevity, I want to make the point. Doesn't mean we are going to stop at the moment we're in and give you certainly a chance to reflect on all of that I just got through reading. But I think Paul was trying to capture if there's anything predestined, it's the Holy Spirit of God that's in us all. If there's anything that needed to be reconciled, it wasn't that the Hebrew people were bad for having received the word. They were bad because they received it externally, but somebody had to call their awareness to it and point out some value in it. But like all humans, once you're saved and the pressure's gone and the stress is, you know, sort of removed, the threat, you may not be as inclined to value it as you would when you really needed it. And then I think, too, what he was saying was, and you Gentiles, you don't know all of that. We know all of that. This is why we were called to all of that. But it ends up in the same place. But we need to realize it's in us like it's in you or it's in you like it's in us. Mm -hmm. The predestination is God has given us his conscience. He's written it in our hearts. 
are we going to receive not only the material revelation of that, <laughs> but it can't be just that, otherwise you'll resort to all that control and manipulation and guilt. Right. Or are we going to celebrate the fact that whether you've got all of that or not, it's in you to love people. Mm -hmm. But if you lead with that, don't be surprised if it doesn't take you back to the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. Because the Old Testament is the evidence of that. But you're not making somebody do it. It's coming out of the best of motives. Mm -hmm. They show up because they want to. They volunteer to do the work because they're led to, of their heart. Not because you tell them to. You can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. And if you do, then you're going to get nothing but trouble mm -hmm. in exchange. This is true. And I like it because, you know, I'm a visual person. And I'm picturing the, the family. Remember back in the day, our family had this. Somebody bought it from our parents. Thank the Lord. Somebody in our family had some sense. They bought them this big family Bible. You remember the big... Yes. The big white one, you yes. know, people would display. On the coffee table. Picture of Jesus on the front of it or something. I don't know. I just remember that. And and I'm grateful for those people in my, in my family that, you know, it's like they need a Bible. <laughs> so I was imagining that Bible, you know, that big family Bible, and it's just sitting on the coffee table and nobody's picking it up. It's like the information is there, <laughs> but until we actually, like, Oh, maybe I should read this, you know, and, and until we actually apply that, then it's really just the words just kind of there. And, you know, I, I just was thinking about that when you were talking that, you know, the people, maybe they had, like you said, there's some things that they had, there's some things they didn't have access to. You know, I think about um, earlier, I was thinking about people that um, have been, say, or brought raised in church their whole life, and they, they know all the terminology, they know all the words, all the, you know, what's appropriate, what's not. And then the person um, that's never went to church their whole life. Isn't that fun to watch somebody get saved that's never been raised in church? Because <laughs> they're just like, you know, they're all about it. And they don't know any different, you know. They're just so, and, and us that have been raised in church, you know, the eyebrows go up, the eyes get big, you know, and it's just like, what? But there's no, there's no difference. And, and why, why is there that difference? Why is that tension there? So I, it's very interesting to me to hear Paul talk to them that don't know everything. And he doesn't know everything either. But he has been there. He's studied. He's raised in church, you know. And then to hear these people that are just learning and just believing and just finding out the difference, you know, well, what happens. It's all that laborer stuff, too. You know, the, the ones that were hired at the beginning of the day. Yes. And the ones that yes. came on at the end of the day yes. and they were paid the same uh -huh. amount. Uh -huh. Or it's the prodigal's brother who mm -hmm. stayed and did all the right. work. Right. And, and it is tough. It's a tough balance. Mm -hmm. But I think it only becomes enmity if the prodigal doesn't come home or if the prodigal maybe comes home just because... <laughs> He, he needs somebody to save him and then goes back out into the debauchery of it all. It, it will wear you out. You get burnt out. And I would like to think, not saying I've got any evidence of it other than trying to relate to it. I would like to think that's what happened to the Hebrew people. They gave it their best shot. They gave it their best effort. And it didn't seem to be working. Is this what it all comes to, Caroline? Yeah. yeah. 
Is this all that we're going to have? It's Job. I've done all of this, God. And in the end. And that is bitter pill to swallow. But it leads to bitterness. And that was the scroll. I think that was the book of Revelation. Remember when John the Revelator, it was sweet when he took it in. But it was bitter. It's the word. The word is sweet. The first impartation. Right. As when acts of kindness, Mm -hmm. as much as somebody else might impart, not God, Mm -hmm. but somebody else might do something, help, or use the word in that sort of constructive way to help people, to be there to save, so to speak. Not that anybody could save except Jesus, but on a day-to-day basis. It's all wonderful. You go around telling people about it, but when you begin to realize... If you don't have this thing we're trying to talk about on the podcast today, right? You're going to get bitter. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get bitter or embittered by it because you're going to look around and say, well, Carolyn, you didn't even show up last podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and it could be church. It could be all. Right. And, and some of that may be true. I think in a general sort of way, we need to be always called to remembrance mm-hmm. of not only the word, why Jesus came, why the, the uh, gospel of Jesus Christ has relevance, uh, why he had to go to a cross, where the value is in it. Because mm-hmm. it just needs to be. Right. <laughs> Kids need to grow up. You can right. tell them all about adult problems, right. but until they get out there and do them, they really don't, don't really know that. them. <laughs> but in that same sort of a way, though, the Hebrew people, I think, because they were burnt out and they were feeling that same sort of dimension of bitter. Mm-hmm. They, oh, well, the only thing we got is that God gave it to us first and we're not going to give it to anybody else. Or if we are, we're just going to sort of dri- give it in small yeah. measures. Dribble it out, it out mm-hmm. in small measures. And then you're never going to be equal with us. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's not the message. Mm-hmm. The message is... Just- Everybody needs to be equal, exactly. lest it become this one-sided thing. Mm-hmm. And there'll be those that have and those that have not, and some won't be as wise. Some will not seek the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. But predestination and the foundation, if it were anything that the Hebrew people could lay claim to, it was just it could be Jesus. When the moment came, Jesus came, he just told them, okay, now you've got all of this. Get out of your bitterness, get out of your burnout, and realize the problem is your sword's only sharp on the one side. You're not giving it away. But it didn't mean, though, that as you give it away, the others aren't going to learn to give it. They have to. It's the two-edged sword. You have to do, uh, Hebrews 4, do both sides of that. But when you get to that place where you try to tell somebody that, that's when the troubles begin. Because mm-hmm. that's when you... <laughs> are we men or are we mice or mouse? Am I a man or am <laughs> I a Muppet? We oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's when it becomes a little more tricky. And especially for those that that don't have all the backstory. And you're trying to explain this new thing to them. I think that's where it gets really tricky. Um, because we, as Paul pointed out, we're all... We become a we... It's no longer us and them, but that's how it's perceived. And then there is a level of that. I mean, let's just be honest. There is, you know, when people come to see me and and I know that they know this. <laughs> I have a pastor. I'm like, I know he knows the scripture better than I better than I do. 
And so, you know, whenever I go to quote a verse, I'm like really careful because I know he'll know if I mess up. And so, you know, I'm realizing the tangible there is, I mean, obviously there's going to be a difference. But Paul is, excuse me, calling them and bringing them in and saying, you know, we're, we're together in this, but um, to ignore the differences, you know, like you said, there's two edges, and we can't we can't just leave out part and choose, pick and choose the parts well, that we want. And to we apply. have to do it with unity, the, right. integrity, right? And that's the difference too, because you know the Pharisees they thought they had good motives, <laughs> they thought they did. I mean, even Paul. You know, Pharisee among Pharisees. And somebody told me that one time, and I never really thought about that. But they said, you know, wouldn't you be like if that's all you knew your whole life is, you know, the Torah and just everything you had been taught, and, and then something like Jesus comes along, wouldn't you respond like they did? And really, you know, we we kind of think of like our modern day, like oh my gosh, how you know it was Jesus, all the uh, prophecies fulfilled. But really, we are products of, you know, our, our beliefs, our past, you know, everything. So we have to look at all sides in this. We can't just throw it out there and be like, well, you know, what's wrong with you? Why don't you get this? <laughs> so, lest we be called a hypocrite, we need to show up for the podcast, Carolyn. I'll do my best. And you be saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, you're too easy to be made to feel no, guilty. Would you tell our podcast listeners, however, now that I've insulted you yes. innumerable times through the podcast, now really? I'm going to ask you wow. to do something for me. Would you tell, do it for the maybe podcast. I'll say Carolyn, yes, maybe I'll say just yes. do it for the podcast listeners. If not, for, do it for, the Lord. If not for me, do it for the Lord. <laughs> Would you tell our podcast listeners how they should get a hold of us, should they want to, or how they can get a hold of us, should they want to? If I decide to show up, if I'm there, you can call me and I might answer. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, please give me a call. I definitely would love to hear from you guys. Uh, 304-528-9220. Or you can send me an email at covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can also go online, covenantsonline.com. And don't forget to check your streaming platforms for the latest edition of our podcast. Yes. Did you say Facebook already? No. That we also post a link to our our podcast on our Facebook page, but we also post um, a lot of other good content. And sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes we have posts that uh, that outperform our podcast link page. <laughs> well, I wouldn't tell them that, Carolyn. Uh, well, that, I'm telling except you, that, except because that it comes there's good from, stuff there. I was going to say, except info. that it comes from you. There's some good stuff there, so uh, that means that people So are, I should think twice about getting, whether or not we want to get rid of you, right? Yes, you okay, need to think okay. about that. Uh, I, do want, <laughs> I do want our podcast <laughs> listeners to know, though, that we are very sincere being about being there for them, about being there for them. And want to do it the right sort of way. And I would want to invite them back to the next edition of What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with, you've been restored, Carolyn. Carolyn Barnett (laughs) and Dave Clay. And in the meantime, indeed, always give thanks and be blessed.